the Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHAM1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. University of Oklahoma Hockey. Big school, big games. For schedules and tickets, go to ouhockey.net. AT&T Wireless, where both new and existing customers always get our best deals. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Central Oklahoma. A top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to UCO.edu or UCOHockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. At 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, we are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. San Diego State Hockey, sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. The Great Best College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy. Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another Wednesday night, another night of the Great West College Hockey Podcast, where we talk ACHA hockey uh, at the M1 and the W1 level. Scott Strandy with you tonight in beautiful Maricopa, Arizona, where it is a balmy 55 degrees right now. And I say that tongue in cheek, kind of. Because uh, it's Super Bowl week here in Arizona, and uh, as we prepare for uh, those activities going on and uh, all the things, we're glad to see the sunshine and all of that good stuff. But we're here to talk hockey, so I'm here in Arizona. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, who I threw for a loop today and told him the wrong time that we were starting. <laughs> so Stephen is is in that vibrant, beautiful city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, I have football players everywhere. I've got football fans everywhere, but we're here to talk hockey. So how are you? I'm doing good. Yes. <laughs> you just informed me that we were actually starting at 730 uh, yeah, Pacific I, time I, instead of 830 Pacific <laughs> time. So did a little mad scramble to get everything set up. And uh, But here we are. But yeah, you're in the sports epicenter this week with the Super Bowl right there in your backyard. <laughs> Oh goodness! You know what? You're gonna get How's it the traffic? next year. You're gonna get it next <laughs> oh, year. I, and I hate it already. It's Wednesday, Stephen, and the traffic 60 miles from uh, the stadium is awful. I yeah, mean, there's people everywhere. It's gonna be really bad here next. Year. I mean, it's gonna be good for Vegas to have it, but it's gonna be. I, it's already. I'm already thinking about. It. I think I'm gonna go into hibernation that week or something. <laughs> oh yeah, get out of town that week. Just go somewhere. There'll be some sort of hockey assignment I have to be on that week. Yeah, pick, yeah. Pick I think we'll send you to San Diego for the weekend. How about that? <laughs> hey, what a, uh, although it'd be kind of cool to have all the Super Bowl festivities here. Maybe next next year we can do the show from Radio Row right there. Oh in, uh, yeah. In Vegas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my son is doing some uh, film work for Von Miller's show this week. Um, he is on Radio Row. And uh, he's doing lighting and sound. And he couldn't all get of you a table there, Radio Bro. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing the Von Miller show tomorrow. So that'll be good for him. And his uh, his roommate is uh, doing a uh, a film shoot or an ad shoot for Rihanna, who's going to be doing the halftime show. Yeah, I'm so, looking forward uh, to that. That I'm lot, looking forward to that halftime show. Lots of good time stuff going on. But anyway. That's football. We're here to talk hockey. There's a hockey game going on right up the street again, from, right up the street, 30 miles from me, uh, at Oakland tonight, and it's a big one, Stephen. It's Arizona at Arizona State. Arizona has a chance to close out and capture the Cactus Cup or maintain and keep the Cactus Cup tonight, um, and then they're going to 
continue on, I believe, right up to Vegas and get ready for a huge series against uh, UNLV this weekend. Yeah, this is an important three games for Arizona, certainly for ASU as well, at least the one with Arizona tonight. But for Arizona, they're going to play, as you said, tonight they're playing right now at, uh, at, Mo- at, uh, not Mo- at Oceanside Ice Arena. And then, then this weekend they'll be here in, in Vegas to take on UNLV. And uh, UNLV team that will be coming off uh, a split, a, sh- a surprising split with uh, Utah uh, after their 11-game winning streak came to an end Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into the games, which is what we're I should mention right now, the game the game has started. It's already two nothing Arizona over uh, ASU right now. Oh, I think first period. I think uh, Coach Berman's got a fire lit underneath that team right now. So um, not be uh, surprised at all to see them close it out. Uh, but anyway, before we get into that, let's get into the new rankings. As you know, uh, and everybody knows that listens to the show, they come out on Wednesday. Um, the number one team. They in the do that country. just for us, so we have we have new we have material to talk about every show. Actually, if they came out on Thursday, why, that would be bad because then we're <laughs> we're talking we're talking. Then it's almost a week old by the time we do the show. At least they come out Wednesday. They're fresh and they're ready for us to discuss here on this program. Yeah, and uh, they didn't do that for us. I did that for us because I scheduled our show on Wednesday, knowing ah. that uh, the rankings came out. Okay. That's why we come on Wednesday. <laughs> but anyway, um, look at so, you, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Minot State suffered their first loss at the hands of Ohio. Surprised at that? Uh, a little bit, but I'm I'm not really totally surprised. I think you know. I think if. If you're Ohio, I mean, we've seen how impressive they've been. They've had some good wins, and and Minot State, yeah, they they were undefeated, but I, I don't know. I think sometimes it's almost better if you uh, go in and with a loss. And and keep in mind too, and the teams are a little bit different. But last year, Ohio went was an underdog, played Minot State, and beat them in the national tournament in that in that second round. So. Uh, it's it's not a total surprise because Ohio's done it before in a bigger setting in the national tournament, and here they did it uh, against uh, Minot State, who's now not undefeated. So uh, I think Minot State probably, if they're going to lose to Ohio, maybe better that they do it uh, in the regular season than in the national tournament. Although this year the circumstances will be a lot different because Ohio was lower last year. This year they're going to probably be in the top four uh, or five, depending on how the rest of the, everything shakes out. Well, they're in top three right now, but. So uh, yeah, I think it's 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 a surprise just because I think we're surprised because how good my state's been, but it's not a complete surprise because of the uh, the impressive uh, season that Ohio has put on, and it stems back even to, as I said to the national tournament last year, the way they were able to knock them off last year. Okay, well I'm going to give you the uh, the top ten because I think the top ten are uh, maybe a step ahead of the second ten, um, and certainly the top twenty teams will get into the tournament. Uh, we're going to sneak a little preview under one team that already clinched their spot in just a little bit. We're not going to say it yet, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. Um, so here they go. Minot State at 22-1-0. Adrian, 23-2-2. Ohio at 25-1. UNLV at 18-3-0. Liberty at 13-9-1 are the top five. Your thoughts on that, Stephen? Are they where they should be at this point? I think so. I think we there's five teams. They've been that now for the last few weeks. I think the the averages and everything start to even out. There hasn't been really any big, you know, big losses. Or I mean, we we saw Minot State lose, uh, but it wasn't that big of a deal because Ohio's highly ranked too. It it helped them because it moved them up a spot. UNLV lost a game this past week, and so it dropped them down a spot. But um, but you know, Liberty's you know right there. I mean, I think the top five is. Is 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 right. I mean, Central Oklahoma is right on the heels. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, but I think for the most part, it's uh, it's it's where they should be. I think definitely Ohio should have jumped UNLV, which they did, and uh, I think Adrian and Minot State uh, are good where they are because they've had such a good they've had such a good season that the one loss to Minot State isn't going to hurt them uh, at this point of the season. So yeah, I'm happy with. I think I'm, okay. I'm satisfied with that. Okay, so I'm not going to get into a computer rant because you know me and the computer. I usually drop the gloves, go toe-to-toe with the computer. Yeah, we're going to put you in the penalty box for five minutes for fighting. Well, then I have to put ice bags on my hand all night to uh, be able to move them in the morning. 
Uh, and if you fight twice, if you fight twice in a game, then you you, you get a game misconduct. So I yeah. don't need that. I don't need that. Anyway, well, maybe I do. Anyway, um, so here's here's my thought on this. And again, uh, take my perspective from the fan watching the game from the the uh, uh, perspective partners, corporate partners, and sponsors. Um, you play the game to win the game. Somebody said that famously once, right? You play to win the game. I believe so. Yes. Okay. All right. In, in the sport that's being that's the big game this <laughs> in the big in the sport that's the big game this week. Exactly. So if you play to win the game, you also play not to lose games. Am I correct on those two things? Yes, unless you're unless you're trying to uh, <laughs> unless you're trying to acquire a, a highly prized draft pick or something, you might okay, you might not shush, be giving your best effort. Shush. <laughs> so you play to win games and not lose games, correct? Yes, if you're if you're the if you're one of the top echelon of, of players, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, you are trying to win, but there are some instances where where a team might not uh, stop it. Well, the, the front office may want that, but I'm sure the players are still competitors and they want to. Uh... Okay, so here's my point. If I'm a fan and I'm looking down the, uh, the list of teams and I'm going to use the ACHA men's one ranking number 14 and I'm just a fan and I'm looking through and I'm going like, hey, you know, I haven't seen all these teams play, but I have seen Adrian and I have seen Minot. Uh, I did see UNLV and Liberty. I saw Central Oklahoma. But goodness gracious, what's this team, Indiana Tech, 28-1-1? And and why are they number seven? And they have the most wins in in hockey, tied with Grand Valley State, actually. They're the most wins in ACHA men's one hockey by a long shot, by four over everybody else. Um, why, Why are they down at seven? Because the general fan doesn't know how computer rankings work or how they... They played. They just know they've won 28 games. They've only lost one, and they tied one, and yet they they have 15 more wins than Liberty. And I, I'm not picking on you, Liberty Kirk. I'm not picking on you. Uh, I'm just saying that they have 15 more wins, and they have eight fewer losses. And you're the same at ties. And I know what you're going to tell me. I already know what you're going to tell me because you've already told me that today. I called you a nerd, by the way, <laughs> but you're, you're going to tell me it, it it's how you win or who you beat when you win. And I'm saying like, okay, I agree with that to a certain extent, but when Indiana tech doesn't have the opportunity to play Minot state or UNLV or Liberty, because their schedule is in their conference and they have to play their teams around them or their budget says they can only travel so far or whatever. Um, where does that come in? Because the general fan, and I'm, I'm all about growing the game, you know that, and I don't want fans texting me or emailing me and going like, hey, I don't get why a team with 28 wins isn't higher up in the rankings, and then I have to explain it to them, and they go like, yeah, but don't you play to win games? I mean, isn't that the goal? To, to win games and are you not getting rewarded for winning 28 times no matter who you play i always found it interesting with the acha rankings a lot of times especially in the early in the part of the season i think now at this point of the season and, and i think we've we've said this because we, we we look at it from this when the season starts when the first one comes out it's always so so wonky it seems i mean some teams that are like i think oregon was like in the it was like nine or something that was really weird i mean that should have been the case and uh but then they and they it leveled out but uh, you look at you look at the um, the the way they the the way they win, which is which is important. But um, you know, I think ultimately the teams that get in, uh, get in, uh, but you know, along the way, there's always going to be some some griping. By the way, it's remember it's a, it's a it's an average of two. It's a, it's a rankings A is a wins with maximum goal differential of seven, and ranking B, which is wins with max goal differential of one. I I've always the math on this has always been confusing to me, but um, and then it's an average of the two rankings, and then they use a list generated from the average uh, for its weekly ranking, and ties will be broken using the higher ranked team from ranking B until the top twenty five teams are listed, and all games that go yeah, to I mean, overtime will be scored and, as ties. And I get that, and I get that. That's okay, from the that's a great website. system. I know, and I get that. I understand it, and I think in the end they get all twenty teams right. I re- I think they really do. So. 
congratulations for them doing that. What I'm saying is along the way, what you're seeing is um, you're, you're, you're looking at these teams and you're going like, man, how does a team win 28 times in M1, no matter who they're playing, and not get a higher ranking uh, than seven? And and I said the same thing in the NCAA. How does how do two teams with the most wins in NCAA hockey get to be listed as one and two, but the third team is seven? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me or the fans' eyeballs. And, you know. Well, are they really the best team if they if they win – 18 games, but other teams who had a tougher schedule played tougher teams and won 15 of those games. The other team may have more wins, but the quality of the opponents might be less. Yeah, but you can't control the quality of your opponent. So in you some cases you can, but some, you. some some cases you you can, you know. But you can't. I mean, I don't. I mean, well, I mean, in Liberty's I was, case, in Liberty's case, they went back to being an independent strictly from the standpoint that they wanted to be able to play tougher competition. I get that. Minot State stays independent because they want to play the toughest competition. I get that. They understand all that goes. But Adrian uh, plays within their GLCHL league, and uh, they're 23-2-2, and and they've earned the number two spot. Um, you know, Indiana Tech, for example, 28-1-1 playing in the WHAC uh, conference, and, and they're seven. I just uh, I don't know, and I and again, and Indiana hard. Tech's twenty-eight, one and one, and they're number seven. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And I think for the general fan that's looking at this, is going like, "Hey, we don't understand it." Because uh, look look at NCAA basketball, for example. It's all about wins, right? And yeah, you it, it might weigh more if you beat a highly ranked. Yeah, but there's team. there's other factors too, like strength of schedule and. Uh, and uh, Ken Palm ratings and all that, which people that are involved in the NCAA basketball will know what all that means. So, it's not yeah, just, but it's, for the most part, you've got a if you've got a bunch of wins, if you've got six more wins than everybody else in NCAA basketball, you're going to be near the top. Yeah, I mean, but I look right? at I look at UNLV in basketball this year. They were they were twelve. I think they were like uh, twelve and one or or in non conference play, but their their non conference schedule they scheduled was really easy. I mean, the teams that were all lower teams, now they're in conference play and they're like, I don't know, they're like two and seven right now. So the record still looks pretty respectable, but their their record has not been good in conference and they're not ranked and they probably, you know, and they're not going to be in the conversation unless they win the, the Mountain West tournament. So, I mean, again, it just, it, it's not always just, not every win is equal uh, in, in, in everything. I mean, in, in, the, in the pro sports it is because that's how it's determined by wins and losses you know but there's you know you're you're playing whoever but and maybe and maybe there's something to that because in the pros it's all it's all determined by by your ranking but you know there's so many teams in a college environment that you you're not playing everybody you're just you know you're playing certain teams and some teams play tougher teams than others it's just the way it is and and i think that there's no perfect system i don't think even the mca tournament there's always um, teams that don't make it for basketball that probably feel robbed and there's teams in there that you scratch your head that they, you know, why did they, why did they get in? But it's well, and then there's also the automatic qualifier, the automatic qualifiers, we'll get, right? We'll get to that in just a minute. But anyway, um, my thought is again from the perspective of the general fan, and especially in a sport like ACHA hockey, you want as many fans as you can get, and you don't want them to feel like their team's getting cheated. I mean, Paul Hornstein and I um, had some great conversations with some people on Twitter today and yesterday. Um, that thought his Super 16, which I thought was fantastic, by the way, um, because I know the work that he puts into that. But um, the teams that he had in there, were, they were arguing about why isn't this team higher or why is this team ahead of this team? And, you know, I get it. You're going to feel that way. But um, I just think when the, that when the disparaging numbers are, you know, and again, I'm not picking on you, Kirk. I know you have a very tough schedule. I know you're playing tough. But... Indiana Tech twenty-eight wins, Liberty thirteen, and yet you're two, two spots behind them. I mean, if you put them in the number five spot, you switch those two around, and Liberty is number seven, and they both get into the tournament, and Liberty just gets a chance to play Indiana Tech and whoops up on them. Okay, there you go. That was your chance. 
But during the course of the season, I think the general fan is going like, how can a team with 15 more wins? I don't care who you play. If you have 15 more wins, that's a lot. And eight fewer losses. Um, how, how can you not be higher? It just doesn't make uh, any sense, I don't think. But anyway. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this is a go off hockey for just a second. I'll tell you, if there's a team right now that should be getting more recognition and feel robbed right now that they're not in the top 25 is uh, the, the Lady Rebels uh, women's basketball team because they are, I think they've only lost one or two games all year and they're undefeated in conference right now and they're not ranked in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the top 25 or uh, they'll probably get a tournament seed. But if they don't, if they somehow don't win the Mountain West tournament, they may not get a, a bid into the NCAA women's tournament, so um, it it it's just the way it goes. Just the way way it goes. But uh, you know, I, I I yes, I mean the team could be a little bit higher, maybe if depending on if they've got more wins or not. But you know, I, I I'm more. I try not to get too upset about it. I think I think at the beginning of the season it it can be a little bit frustrating, especially about the point I was going to try to make earlier was that it seems like when a team wins, sometimes they get they end up dropping down because another team maybe did better that weekend. And then, you know, a team maybe loses and somehow gets bumped up, which doesn't make sense to me. That's where I'd make it. Like you, you, you lose. And I'm not saying, you know, you lose, like, let's say you split, but let's say you lose both games and somehow you, you drop, you say where you are or you go up when a team that actually won goes down maybe because they played a lesser opponent or because the games were closer. I don't know. But it, it, that was always the part that I've kind of, especially real early in the season. But then, you know, as follow it throughout the season, it usually averages out. And I think we usually get the teams right. Were there positions? I think is always a, a debate there because, and that matters because if you're in the top uh, 12, if you're in the top 12, you avoid playing that extra day. You know, 13 through 20 seeds, they have to play that that extra day, the, the the first day, and they have to play the the one of the top four teams if they were to, if, if they advance on, uh, or whoever advances on does, then they get a day off in between. But or after you know they get after two days, but the the five through twelve seeds don't play until the Saturday, but then they have to play four straight days if they go all the way through. So they certainly the where you where your position could matter. I mean, there was a couple of years where UNLV was right on the cusp of being 12 and 13 and, you know, and, and where they ended up being positioned, uh, it was a little bit frustrating, I guess. So maybe there's some, some merit to what you're saying, but again, I think a part of it is, you know, you, you take care of business and I mean, those other teams, I mean, in the end, I mean, you're looking at the teams that are lower and, you know, I mean, you, as long as you're in the field, again, where your position could matter. But if you, if you get in, then go out and prove that you should be. I mean, look at Ohio last year. They were in a lower league, and they proved that they not only did they belong, but maybe they were they were overlooked or they were not where they should have been positioned, and they made some noise. I mean, go in. I mean, the teams that obviously are on the cusp of making it or don't make it in, that's a bigger thing. But if you're, I mean, if you're talking about teams that are like nine and ten, eleven, as opposed to maybe beating four or five or six, um, you know, I think. Uh, and for the ACHA, it's different for each each situation. But for ACHA, I think it's in every year it's getting. It seems like it's getting more and more tight. The the level of uh, competition between the top team and you know middle of the pack or or the teams that are at the lower end of the the seating. Um, so I think it ultimately doesn't doesn't really matter in, in the grand scheme of things. You get in, you're there, you compete, and you put on your best effort, and and you might. Okay. So you're making my point for me because here's how I, here's how I see it. I think at this point in the season, there should be a mark like in the NCAA, for example, if, if you're not a 500 team, no matter where you are in the pairwise, you don't qualify for the NCAA tournament. So you could be, well, you, could well, be you have to set parameters team in the country. Yeah, I know. And because some teams saying. don't some teams schedule thirty some games, some teams only have the ability to schedule twenty four or twenty five games and you know, maybe you gotta say everybody's gotta play. I think there is a minimum that the, each team has to play, but everybody has to at least play I mean, certain amount of games and maybe you gotta get a certain amount of wins or something. I, I don't know if, yeah, if that's that's my point. That's what I'm saying right now. At this point in the season, I think if you have more than twenty wins that should automatically vault you somewhere 
in in the top teams. I mean, I think you have to rank like you can still have Minot State, Adrian, and Ohio, but but maybe because UNLV hasn't played enough yet and they're only at 18, and they might be the exception because they only have three losses, right? I get that, but uh, again, Kirk, I'm not picking on Liberty. I'm just saying that uh, aesthetically, looking at it from a fan's perspective, they go, "How does a team that has 13, nine, and one mark?" How are they two spots ahead of a team with 28, one and one? Because the general fan doesn't know that. Okay. And if you flip Liberty and Indiana tech, um, I know the positioning means something. So coaches don't be yelling at me. I know it means something, but at this point, if you really are the better team, you wouldn't be worried about being five or seven in the ACHA tournament. You really wouldn't. Um, I just think aesthetically, it looks kind of odd when you look at the rankings and you go, we have two teams that have 28 wins each and they're seven and nine. And we have um, two teams with 24 wins. One of them is 12 and one of them is three. Then we have a 23 win team and we have a 22 win team, um, you know, and the 22 win team is number one in the country. And I get it. Right. I understand how this all works and, it's not going to change. I'm just saying aesthetically, it's hard to look at that because our eyes are trained as sports fans, especially from the professional ranks, to look at the rankings to see how many wins they got or how many points I, they got in hockey. I mean, if you base it off, if you base it off purely off record, Grand Canyon, who's at number twenty, has a thirteen nine and two record. That's just as good a record as Liberty, who's way up there. I mean, you know, I mean, if, but exactly. again, it's but again, the 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 who they played and. The competition they played is is different, and okay. But what if you let let's use football, professional football, for an example. If you play in a, a conference that's very weak, uh, this year it was let's say the AFC or the uh, NFC South. Yeah, a team got into the playoffs under five hundred. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because they won the division, and yet a team that that had a better record, you know, didn't get in because they they because the division winners get in, they get it, they get a spot. So. And not only that, but they also hosted a team that had a better record than them in the first round. Exactly. Exactly. It didn't matter in the end because the better team ended up winning, and that's part exactly. of it too. Is that's exactly what I'm getting at. If if you're a better team anyway, you really only care about winning in the national tournament. It, you know, you want to win during the season, but it, winning those four games or five games it takes to win a national championship is what you're after. So, and you know, and the coaches will tell you, we know we got to play the best all the way along some point you got to play the best and beat the best to be the best. And, uh, and that'll do that. But I just think aesthetically it looks kind of crazy. And and I, I know you've explained it. Everybody's explained it to me. I get it. It's a computer ranking. I understand that. I just think aesthetically it doesn't look the very best. And especially when it's really disparaging in numbers, if it's, you know, four wins apart, three wins apart, whatever, I get that. But if it's 15 wins different, goodness gracious. I mean, can you really be playing that that much of a weaker schedule that you can get amass 15 more wins? Hey, I mean, the computers are taking over the world. I'm thinking about starting to use that ch- chat G- <laughs> GAP or whatever that is to uh, to start filling in for me when I can't be here or, or come up with questions for our guests because hey, the computer probably could do it better than I could. <laughs> Oh, shush. I beat up so many computers in the last two weeks, Stephen. My hands are sore. Anyway, I just wanted to get to know. Let's finish off this. Uh, so we got six is Central Oklahoma at 22, 7 and 1. Seven is Indiana Tech at 28, 1 and 1. Jamestown 15, 6 and 0 is number eight. Grand Valley State number nine at 28, 5 and 0. And Maryville at 16, 9 and 0. Now, I'll tell you, I've seen Maryville play. I've seen. UNLV play. I've seen Liberty play. I've seen Central Oklahoma play. Um, I know how good those teams are. And I can tell you right now that Maryville being number 10 um, is not indicative of where they will be at the end of the year. They will be a top five team in my book. But anyway, um, so what do you think of those uh, six through 10? Yeah, I think it's. I think there's some merit to that for sure. I mean, if you look at, if you expand out the the rankings and the averages that the uh, the ACHA Twitter put out there, I mean, I mean Maryville is at ten right now. 
and their Grand Valley State's at, at nine, there's a half point different average. Now there's a three four point average difference between Jamestown and, and Maryville. So um, it's, it's real close, but I mean, it really tightens up between 10 and 14. So if one team has a really good weekend, another team doesn't, there could be some big movement there, but I, I really don't see Maryville. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I just, I don't know of how much more they can move up. I mean, it's possible that if, Jamestown slips up or Indiana Tech slips up that they might be able to to get a couple of spots up there. But um, I, I think 10 is probably where they're going to be unless they, they slip up. Now, they've got to probably play perfect hockey the rest of the way and uh, to even give them a chance. And that might, I mean, if they win close games and the other teams below them have really good weekends against same kind of quality opponents, they might still move down anyway. I mean, that's the thing we've been talking about. That's the frustrating thing sometimes is even if you, even if you take care of your business, it doesn't guarantee you're going to stay positioned. You might still end up moving down if, because teams below you end up having really, really good weekends and, and beating their opponents by quite a bit. So um, I, you know, that's, that's the one thing, but you yeah, just got to take care of your own business. I mean, Maryville can't worry about being nine or eight or seven or seven, I mean, they, five. I mean, they, they have to just worry about playing the game and and winning and, and taking and care of business. You, John Hogan is worried about that, about playing the game and taking care of their own business. They understand that. What I'm telling you is, is that I've seen them on the ice, and my eyeballs tell me that they can play. They beat Central Oklahoma on Central Oklahoma's ice, and Central Oklahoma is a really good hockey team, and uh, they've done some damage to different teams along the way as well. So. I know what these teams are like on the ice. I can't say that I've seen the other teams, so I can't really compare them uh, eyeball to eyeball. But I'm just telling you that I don't know where they'll be in the computer rankings, but I know they're they're probably uh, a top seven team in the country based on the talent and based on what they do on the ice. So anyway, um, let's jump into 11 through 15. Pittsburgh, 16, 5, and 3. Illinois State, 24, 3, and 2. Niagara, 18, 16, and 1. Number 14, Calvin, 16, 6, and 3. Number 15 is Lawrence Tech at 21, 4, and 2. Um, I know we haven't seen many of those teams, if any, but uh, your thoughts on where they fall in the rankings from what you see? Yeah, I think this chunk right here is really the, the where you want to kind of keep a focus on and, and and watch. Like I said, there's the, the averages of these teams, when you add those two systems together to make where they're positioned uh it's really tight i mean you've got uh, pittsburgh 11 and a half illinois state 12 and a half niagara 13 and a half calvin 13 and a half lawrence tech 14 and even if you go to arizona it's 14 and a half so that's a lot of teams there and that could move up or move down depending on how those teams fare so um i and i and that matters because of the the 12 and the third especially between 12 and 13 because uh that's where you'll the difference between whether you're going to play uh, the first day, and you're gonna play, or you're gonna play, and, and have to play the the next day against one of the top four teams, or you're gonna be number twelve and higher, and gonna not play until the Saturday of the national tournament, and and just play the the first day against uh, a good team. Still, I mean, a five to five versus twelve, six, all the but, but still a few few extra days there. Uh, so okay. I mean, that it's it's, but that I think that 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 chunk between. Between uh, was it uh, 10, 11 to thirteen, that that I think has the potential to still see some some significant uh, movement, uh, and, and it's really significant just because of of the stakes there and and what we could see. Okay, so let's go to sixteen. That's Arizona. 17. This is this oh. is the, this chunk here that you're about to go to <laughs> is the one I'm real intrigued by because of, I mean, four out of these five teams are WCHL teams and and it's. This is what the storyline I'll be really following the rest of the way because the teams that are at the top are going to stay at the top, whether they're three or whatever. Okay, that's that's good or whatever. But I'm real intrigued, especially for our purposes in the WCHL. This is what I'm real intrigued by. So go ahead and run those down. Okay, Arizona at 16, 13, 7, and 4. Utah, 17 at 13, 10, and 1. Stony Brook is 18 at 15, 7, and 2. Arizona State, 15, 12, and 1. And Grand Canyon at 13, 9, and 2 round out the top 20. As you mentioned, this is a very uh, keep-your-eyes-on group 
for us because of the four WCHL teams that are right here, how many of them will actually get into the tournament? We're going to talk in, in after the break about um, a team that's already clinched a spot. So number 20 might be gone already because uh, somebody clinched that with an automatic qualifier. But um, this is a good time for me to say this. This is how I look at this point in the year. Okay, if you have single-digit losses, okay, you should be in the top 20. If you have close to 20 wins or 20 wins or more, you should be in the top 20. So I, and again, don't hate me, Arizona State. I didn't put your record together. You did. But when you have... 12 losses, um, that's too many for me. It's too many to be in the top 20. I don't care. You got 15 wins, you got 12 losses. That's too many losses because you look at other teams like Grand Canyon only has nine, Purdue Northwest has five, Indiana, Pennsylvania, six, Michigan, Dearborn, nine. Um, and I don't care how tough your competition is, that's too many losses, uh, for me personally, and that's just how I look at it. Yeah, and I want to go back real quick about the the teams that before we get to because this kind of falls on Arizona last week was was six or was fourteen now and now they're sixteen, and then Lawrence Tech was sixteen they're fifteen Calvin was fifteen and they're now fourteen so I mean there's there was movement from from last week on that so that's why I said that's gonna be tight but yeah I want to mention the the, the WCHL team I mean, Arizona right now is now up four nothing on ASU so that's gonna help Arizona it's not gonna help ASU. Uh, for their for their uh, purposes, obviously for their their ranking, that helps a team like Grand Canyon out, who may be able to benefit from that. I have to look to see who they play this weekend. But uh, Arizona though has to come to Vegas and play UNLV, so that's going to be really tough. But if somehow, and we said that with Utah last week, last two weeks, and I want to talk about them in just a second. But if Arizona can come into Vegas and steal a game, that will go away for them. Um, I think if they can keep the games close, it won't hurt. Hurt them because you know he's a quality opponent and and they can keep the games close and I think that usually those two teams will keep it close. Utah, I, you know, we went into this. Uh, the only thing that's going to hurt Utah is just not enough games on the schedule now. They had they have a couple of games with Oregon this weekend. Uh, they were supposed to, I guess, and I don't know. They were talking about this on the Utah broadcast. I was watching a little bit of the games with UNLV, and they were supposed to play the San Diego State. I think at the end of the year at in Utah, but I, I guess they're not. I guess there's some rule or something that uh, San Diego State wasn't going to be able to travel to to Utah. So I, they some, I think it's something to do with California or something. I don't know, but uh, so that so don't call me on that. But I think that's the situation there. So so they, those games are not going to happen. So Utah's only got two games left this weekend against uh, Oregon. So those are going to be must wins for them. But Oregon is not. You know they're they're a good they're a decent team, but they're not in the top twenty five. So the thing that's going to hurt Utah. Is that they're not going to have any more games left? They had such a heavy uh, schedule begin the year, and they really didn't schedule many games outside of the WCHL. Uh, so that that's the benefit, that's the disadvantage for Utah. Is yes, they're in the number seventeen right now. They're only thirteen, ten, and one though. I mean, they've only played what twenty six games or so, no, twenty four games. Uh, so it's they're only going to have two more games left. So they they have to win those two games, and then. And then they'll just have to wait and see what happens the rest of the way. Right now, they sit at 17. They would probably they would be in if the national tournament were to begin because I, I believe uh, they would be in obviously because they 20 get in. But even with auto bids, I think they would still be in a spot where they would get in. Now that would make something a team like Stony Brook maybe a little angry because they're 15, seven and two, and they're a spot lower. So that that's kind of where you're gonna get into this this point of the season, this part of the the rankings, because it, it's gonna matter whether a team is in or not in the national tournament. And does a team like Utah, they've had a, a a decent year. They've beaten some good teams. I think the win over Central Oklahoma at home was good. The win over UNLV at home was good, and they beat them pretty good too, even though they lost by the same margin the night before. But uh, I I think it's gonna be real interesting to see between uh, Arizona, Utah, Arizona State. Uh, obviously can still push and they've got two games left with UNLV in Arizona. So they, they have some, some chances certainly still to, to, to improve their resume. Grand Canyon also has a couple of games left with UNLV. I think they actually have three left cause they got to make up the suspended game from earlier in the year. So, uh, you know, I, I just think cause UNLV is kind of the common denominator here cause UNLV is so good. Uh, but these teams, if they really want to help their chances, 
you're going to have to beat teams like that. And you're going to have to beat teams like that if you go into the national tournament. So uh, the playoffs might begin now for these some of these teams. If you look at it oh, in Arizona. Totally agree with you. you hit that one on the head right Arizona, there. Utah, Stony Brook. But I'm talking about WCHL teams. Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, Grand Canyon. Their playoffs start now. And, and, they may, and even if they make a push, they may not still get in. But you ain't going to help yourself if you don't win some games and, and really make a push. So uh, that that's going to be fun to watch over the next three weeks uh, to see how. And I'll get to see because Grand Canyon's coming to Vegas uh, the last weekend of the regular season. Uh, Arizona's here this weekend. So it'll be a lot of it will be happening right in only about 20 minutes up from me here at Summerlin. So uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see it uh, develop uh, this next few days. Next few weeks. Okay, let's uh, round out the top 25, and then uh, we'll take a break and come back and talk about who got in as an automatic qualifier. And a quick update, uh, Arizona is now up 4-1 in the second period. So look out. Things could be tightening up there. And, and that matters, too. We, we talk about it. We talk about it. The goal differential matters. I mean, if, 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 if ASU only ends up losing 4-2 or 4-3 as opposed to 4-1, that makes it look like it's a closer game, and it doesn't hurt ASU as much as maybe they're getting blown out four or five nothing. But it also doesn't help Arizona as much either, because uh, although I think if you get a one goal differential game, and I, I don't again, I, I've never been able to quite <laughs> figure it out. But supposedly, if the closer the game is, it, it's it's good. But also, if it's a it's a blowout, it can be kind of good. But you don't want it to be too much of a blowout, I guess. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> my head hurts just thinking about it. Let's just let's go to a break so there I can go. Go recover from this. <laughs> there we go. 21, Purdue Northwest, 17-5-1. and one. Uh, 22 is Indiana, Pennsylvania, 19-6-0. 23 is Michigan-Dearborn at 16-9-2. 24, an unranked team coming in. Missouri State at 11-13-2. 25 is Oswego State at 19-5-1. And that rounds out your top 25 of the ACHA M1. I know you probably don't know a whole heck of a lot about any of those teams except Missouri State. And I know Michigan-Dearborn did play um, or did host uh, Arizona this year on a trip out there. But, again, I, I'm going to throw a couple of denominators in there. And again, you can mail at me and everything else. But aesthetically, it's really hard to look at. Uh, teams with double-digit losses being in the top 25. Well, that's really strange. In Missouri State's case, they're 11, 13, and 2, and they and they moved up to 24 when they were not ranked previously. I think they, they they won last weekend, but but it's a little strange to see a team that's 11, 13, and 1 in the uh, top 25. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is I think you have to, at this point in the season, you got to look at it and go like, okay, if you got double-digit losses – you better have at least 20 wins because uh, we can't put you in there. Um, kind of like what I said with the NCAA tournament. If you're at the end of the year, you could be number 14 in the pairwise, be in the tournament. But if your record is sub 500, you're out. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. So uh, I, I kind of think that would be the way to go with this route too. That would just be my thought is because everywhere along the line, all 25 teams, there's only two teams uh, three teams that have double-digit losses in the top 25. And uh, I just think you uh, you, you got to, no matter who you're playing, you got to win win more games than that. It just uh, it just doesn't aesthetically look good. But that's just me. So, And I don't make the rules. I just talk about them. And uh, that's what we do. So let's do this. As long as we're going to talk about stuff, let's take a break. Let's hear from some of our partners. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about one team that already punched their ticket to Marlboro, Massachusetts. Steve and I will be right back in just a couple of minutes. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, and first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. At a big school hockey field with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. 
Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. Hello fans, my name is Hunter Mazzillo and I'm 26 for the UNLV Skating Rebels and you're listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, Call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM on hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you, and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 national champions, four-time WCHL champions, and named a Best in the West college by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study, and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. Hello, hockey fans. This is Jesse Lowell, captain of the Arizona Wildcats, and you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and, of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only better. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the 
Before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303 303- Nine four three three seven seven two. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Maricopa, Arizona, where it's now a balmy fifty-seven. It's warmed up two degrees. My Perfect football always, weather. <laughs> my co-host is always Stephen Marsh. Even though it's in inside, beautiful, <laughs> vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes, it is inside, but I understand the roof may be open. So who knows? We'll find out. Um, okay, that's football. We're talking hockey. Okay, I uh, I teased before the break, Stephen, that uh, there's one team that has punched their ticket by uh, automatic qualifier for winning their conference. Navy, the midshipmen, have made their way into uh, the first team in, if you will, the top 20 in ACHA M1 hockey. Your thoughts? Yes, Navy is the regular season champs for the ECHA Hockey uh, Conference uh, in the ACHA, so they get an auto bid uh, into the national uh, championships, national tournament. Uh, so let me let me take you where that looks at. So they they are uh, twenty six in the uh, rankings, so they will get in because they're the auto bid for that league, and so that that means there's going to be a spot taken away from the uh, the lower tier of the top twenty. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five. Sorry, I'm doing counting on air here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight conferences. So there'll be eight auto bids. And some are determined by a playoff champion. Some are determined by a regular season champion where they don't do a playoff. So right now, you look at Navy. So Navy's got the uh, ECHA auto bid. They're going to win that. So they're going to be in. Uh, they're 26 right now. So. Um, you know they'll they'll get in uh, where they're ranked. That'll depend on the other teams that get auto bids. If there's teams that are actually seated lower than Navy, then they'll get a higher spot. But right now, if you look at if the if the season were to end right now, you would have Adrian winning the the GLCHL conference. You'd have uh, you'd have number three CH Bob Ohio winning uh, their league, which is not an auto bid, but. Uh, WCHL would be UNLV. They would, uh, and and that's between Central Oklahoma and UNLV right now. But I think for the purposes of this, they just use the highest ranked team in each uh, league as the auto bid. But all this could change, of course. Uh, Indiana Tech, uh, Jamestown, Pitt, uh, Indiana University, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Oswego. So right now, uh, especially the, those last two, Oswego, uh, Navy which we know is in for sure, and Indiana University, uh, Pennsylvania, right now would be in just if we were to – so that, that means that that would be three of the top 20 that are ranked based on the actual way that's ranked would be out. So that would mean Stony Brook would be out, ASU would be out, and uh, GCU would be out. So that's what I was saying earlier that Stony Brook would be kind of the odd man out because Utah would, would get that last would get that last spot. Of, of the non-auto bit, so uh, it's it's still a lot to be decided. So these last three weeks are going to be very uh, intriguing, uh, but and there'll be some auto bids, like we said, that are going to be determined by playoff champs that weren't even ranked in the top twenty. So that that could throw things in for a loop. So uh, we will see. We will see what happens. But I think for uh, the most part, though, it's usually like three teams, right? Uh, yeah, usually two or three. Yeah, 
that that get the auto bid spots taken away from teams that were going to get in there. So if you're 17 or better, you're probably fairly safe at the end of the year. Um, but boy, you don't want to mess around with that because you could get bumped. Like you said, there's teams that, that could win their conference tournament and, uh, and take your spot. So you kind of want to be a little bit more secure than that. Just if you want to sleep well at night. So, so if you're like, if you're like teams, 18, 19 and 20, although we already know that, uh, Navy will get one of the spots. So if your team's 18 and 19 and you're watching some of these, these, uh, tournaments, uh, these playoffs take place, which take place the same time as the, as the regular season. So, I mean, the, 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 some of these uh, conferences, the last week or so of the regular season, when other teams are still finishing their season, will be playing playoff games. So, because everything by the 26th or that last week of February, that's when everything will be wrapped up. Everything will be decided. We know who wins the, the auto bids. We know who wins the conferences, who gets the, um, you know, we won't know the final rankings until I think the following Wednesday or so, but all the games will have, that will the count rankings will have been played and completed by then. So, as we said, there's four, one, uh, five, I think one, four, yeah, five, five conferences that will have a playoff champion. So they'll they'll play a playoff to determine their. But again, most of the time it's like the Adrian and stuff. So they'll they pretty much will will come through and win those. And then you got teams that just decide on a regular season champion kind of thing. So. WCHL won't affect two things because it's it's probably going to be UNLV or Central Oklahoma, and both teams are going to get in either way. So, um, so it's not going to affect anything there. But, but the playoff ones are always the ones that can be kind of interesting because uh, it could be a team that decides to get hot and make a run and and surprise somebody and, and steal an, a steal a bid. Uh, some of these other conferences, I think, that may have teams that are all lower ranked may steal a spot. But yeah, usually it's two or three teams that might get an auto. That will get an auto bid that will take a spot from somebody that's ranked one through twenty based on the you know the averages and everything that we've talked about before. So right now, as we said, with three weeks to go, it would be Stony Brook, ASU, and GCU both would be would be out. So uh, that's why I think this next three weeks it's going to be very uh, exciting to watch to see what happens, to see how many autos we get, <laughs> and then to see which teams are the ones that. Just missed. I mean, last year it was Utah that just missed, and they're right there again this year. Again, I mean, they're seventeen right now. They've got two games left against Oregon, and then after that, that's that's their schedule. So we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. So these these teams that are right there at eighteen, nineteen, and twenty still have a chance. Even GCU, as surprising as that is, GCU is right in the mix, right in the mix, and maybe even teams that are just a little bit lower than them can still have a chance. So buckle well, up for the final three weeks of the season. The big thing with GCU is those three games that they have with UNLV. I mean, that they got to keep A, those close, and try to win one or, or two, and that might be a tall task because we know that UNLV is a really hot team. So uh, as we wrap things up in the final three minutes, I just want to ask you about last weekend because UNLV had a battle uh, at Utah. They uh, they win Friday night. They lose Saturday. Um, your thoughts on that weekend? Because uh, coming into the weekend, I think UNLV might be, if not the hottest, one of the hottest teams in all of M1 hockey. Well, Utah has certainly gotten better. I think they even got better in the mid part of the season. I mean, they it wasn't originally scheduled this way. As I said, they had I think they had a couple more games left after this weekend with they were going to Oregon. They were supposed to have a couple of games left with San Diego State at home. And as, as I said, I don't think those games are happening now. So it actually ended up being senior uh, weekend or senior night or day because it was an afternoon game on Saturday. And uh, their goaltender, uh, Landon Anderson, who's been a pretty good goaltender for them, but they they end up getting another goaltender who's really good, and I think was the one that ended up stealing the win with uh, Central Oklahoma. But I think he got hurt, so I think they had to go to Landon Anderson. Well, he was going to play on s- senior night anyway, but uh, and, and and I think that they gave him some extra juice, and I think the fact that it was the it was the last chance for him to play in front of the home fans and, and some of the other seniors that are on that team. Uh, that's always a big deal. And I think that that helped them. I mean, the night before they lost six to one and then they had to play the next day. It was an afternoon game. So it wasn't, there was even less time in between games. So that always can be an advantage. Plus it's the Olympic sized ice, which Utah's used to playing on UNLV. It, you think would benefit them because they have more space to work with, but it can be a, a challenge too. Plus it's, it's in Utah and stuff. So, uh, you, you traveled and everything. So I think all that benefited uh, Utah. And I think if, if Utah hadn't had such a, 
uh, a, a rough start to the season. They they were a team that could be in the conversation, but I mean, credit to Utah. I mean, I said going into those two weekends with Central Oklahoma and UNLV, I said, I, I said they this was going to really be a big make or break part of their season. And I think because the fact that they split with Central Oklahoma and with UNLV, it's put them in this position to even be in the conversation. Because had they not won any of those games, I, I just I don't think they would have been able to. I mean, I don't know, unless I kept them really close. I don't think they would be where they are. I don't think they would have been 17. They'd be a little bit lower, and, and deservedly so. And then only having two more games left against Oregon, I, I just don't think they would have been in there. But now because they took care of business with UNLV winning one game and, and splitting with them and splitting with Central Oklahoma, two of the top teams in the ACHA, I think it's given them a chance. Uh, it's, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's still going to be really tough for them. Just because of the, they don't have many games left, as I've said, and other teams have a little bit more. So, we'll see. But uh, I think, if anything, it's certainly a lot to look forward to for Utah next season. Yes, they're going to lose some players, but they're going to get 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 better. And and uh, and Utah games. I mean, UNLV up there. It's it's always interesting. They've they've there are weekends where they have won both games. And actually, they said something on the broadcast that kind of surprised me because I I remember them always kind of struggling with Utah, not struggling, but like splitting up there. But I. That was before they the teams joined the WCHL. Since the teams joined the WCHL, which is only this is only the second full season of that. UNLV, this is their first loss to Utah, but the game, a lot of the games have been close. The, the games here in, in Vegas were kind of close this year, and uh, the one up there the first night wasn't, but the next night obviously uh, Utah beat them and it ended up not being a close game. I guess five one or whatever. So uh, I think that that was good. So I think that Utah is a team that is a. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if they get in, they might be a, a dangerous team to face. Uh, right now, as, as as it would stand, it would be, and, and again, this probably won't be the matchup, but just for fun, just for the purpose of this show, right now the matchup for the first round would be Arizona and Utah in that first round. So how, how interesting would that, would would that be? be? Interesting. And we well, know how they, those two teams fared against each other this year. So that would make for a very interesting uh, first round. Well, we know that the teams are headed to uh, Marlboro, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, about 30, 40 minutes, something like that. Um, we're going to be there. We're planning on being there. We're hoping to be there. We're uh, we're going to be there. <laughs> let's, let's get like your done. optimism. Like your optimism. <laughs> I like your optimism. Because we got teams that we got to cover, and uh, that's our goal, and that's what we're going to continue to pursue. Uh, we're going to tell people if you want to join on board. I got another. I need to find to another. Uh, Baseball, uh, I need to find Fenway Park to do another stand-up on the last day. Like yeah, I did last year when I was in go. front of Bush Stadium. <laughs> and, and I will tell people that uh, you will be starting off solo again because I will have uh, NCAA duties, but I will be there Sunday night and, and take it on through the uh, the championship game. So that's the plan. Um, let's do this. Let's say goodnight and uh, ask everybody to come back and join us next week. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. My Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, no one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. The University of Oklahoma, celebrating 20 years of Sooner Hockey, the action you crave only faster. For ticket information and more, go to ouhockey.net. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Be in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs. This is barbecue, Las Vegas style. San Diego State University, 200 undergraduate programs in the top college hockey in California at sdsuhockey.com and sdsu.edu. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at liberty.edu. Central Oklahoma University, championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. See if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you at uco.edu or ucohockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are available live every week on the Podbean app, available for, for download at 
uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, on the TuneIn app, all the podcast platforms. You can also ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. And the uh, Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. I would imagine your Sunday show will take a, a hiatus because of the big game, but uh, I, w- I would imagine, right? Uh, no, I think we're coming back on it, but we'll f- we'll find out. Um, we'll oh, you're gonna do it on Sunday? You could do it. You could do it later in the evening, maybe after the the game is ended. Yeah. What what game? <laughs> <laughs> the college hockey anyway. games. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, give us a score update if you can from the uh, Oceanside Ice Arena. Uh, okay, let me let me get it up here again. I had to. It is uh, five to one after two periods. Five to one, uh, Arizona in favor. Uh, over ASU after two periods, so people want to finish lot watching like that. that. Cactus Cup is yeah. going to go uh, back or stay in uh, Tucson, Arizona. The only thing that's a bummer about it is uh, is that it's done at the clinched on, on visiting ice, but uh, they'll be able to celebrate obviously when they go back and play ASU at the uh, end of the year uh, on their ice. So. Oh, and they will. Don't don't <laughs> worry, they will. All right, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Good night, everybody. Take care, everyone.